Welcome to Russell Investments Market Week in Review for the week ending September 22nd, 2023. I'm Zoe Wargans, and today I am joined by our investment strategy analyst, Bei Chen Lin. Hi, Bei Chen. Hey, Zoe. Thanks for joining us today. Can't Not wait to problem. get started. <laughs> so let's kick things off with just a state of things and inflation. Yes, yeah, certainly. You know, we almost could have titled this episode Inflation We Can Review instead of Market We Can Review because <laughs> we got two major inflation reports, one from Canada and one from the United Kingdom. And there were some notable contrasts between the two. So maybe I'll start with Canadian inflation. The Canadian inflation print was a little bit hotter than people were expecting. We saw the Bank of Canada's three preferred measures of core inflation averaging around 4% year over year. The reason why we're seeing some persistence in core inflation in Canada was mainly due to the shelter component. So even though people have been talking about the potential for the housing sector in Canada to see some signs of weakness as a result of tight monetary policy, what we saw in Canada was that rental prices year over year were actually pretty robust. Rental prices grew at around 6.5% year over year, and that contributed to the overall core inflation numbers. So that is a bit of a watch point for the Bank of Canada because, as we all know, the objectives of these central banks is to make sure they can bring inflation back down to target. In the UK, it was a little bit of a different story where inflation came in softer than expected. We had some improvement in the inflation numbers. Core inflation fell from 7% year-over-year in the month of July to 6% year-over-year in the month of August. But again, 6 is greater than 2. The core <laughs> inflation rate in the UK is still higher than their target. So bottom line is inflation still remains an important watch point. Central banks are trying to get inflation back down to target. They've made some progress, but there's still a ways to go, and it's going to be a battle that they'll have to continue fighting. Absolutely. So speaking of the UK, I saw that the Bank of England decided not to raise rates for the first time in two years this week. What can you tell us about the implications of that? Yeah, so it's a bit of a tricky scenario that they find themselves in because on the one hand, the core inflation rates are still above target. But on the other hand, they know that monetary policy acts with a lag, right? It's not like you can raise the interest rates overnight and then all of a sudden inflation goes away. No, it takes time for the full effects of monetary policy to be felt. And given that there were some growth data that was a little bit weaker than the Bank of England was expecting, they decided that having done so many rate hikes already, it'd be a little bit more prudent to take a step back, hold rates steady this month, and let more time evolve so that they can see how the data unfolds. And we saw something similar with the Federal Reserve in the U.S. as well. So going into this week's Fed meeting, market participants were expecting basically a near certainty that the Federal Reserve would hold rates steady. And that is indeed what we saw. The Federal Reserve decided to hold interest rates steady this time to give themselves more time to see how the data unfolds before making the next interest rate decision. What was interesting was when you looked at the dot plots or the summary of economic projections released by the Federal Reserve, they anticipate that they're going to have to leave interest rates higher for longer. That's going to take some time for interest rates to come back down. They also revised upward their growth forecast and revised down their unemployment forecast. So the Federal Reserve is sort of buying into this narrative that they still are able to pull off a soft landing. We wish them luck, but the historical record is unfortunately not on their side. The chair of the Federal Reserve is Chair Powell. It's not Harry Potter. And unfortunately, it is really tough to get inflation back under control without causing a recession. We don't necessarily think a recession is inevitable, but from our perspective, recession risks do remain relatively elevated. That makes sense. That makes sense. So how are markets reacting to this news? 
great question. So today was not a good day for investors. I mean, you saw the S&P 500 down more than 1.5% today as of Thursday, September 21st. We saw Treasury yields move up in the U.S., which means that bond prices in the U.S. fell. And ultimately, one of the drivers of that was we had some jobless claims data that was a little bit lower than expected. You might think, oh, wait, less people losing their jobs. Isn't that a good thing? But the concern is that if the labor market is still continuing to be very strong, then the Federal Reserve might have to keep rates even more elevated in order to bring inflation back down under control. And so that's making the market a little bit less happy. And what we've seen is we've also saw a pickup in volatility today. So the VIX was up approximately 15 to 16%. Equity volatility had been subdued for a long time prior to today. And this is an important reminder that, you know, as Robert Frost would say, nothing gold can stay, right? We're going to have periods of calm, but we're also going to have periods of market volatility. And it's important for us as investors to remember when, you f- when you're faced with volatility, don't panic, stay disciplined, stick to your plan, and you can get through it. Absolutely. Always good advice. Never panic if you can. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Bei Chen. That was very helpful insight. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week. I hope we see you next week.